Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. We're now in our series called Journey of the Redeemed. It's a study in the book of Luke, and as we explore the life of Jesus, we also examine our own journeys shaped by him. Thank you guys for sharing, doing a little show and tell today. Welcome all our Echo Kids in service with us today. We're glad to have you guys. And because kids are in service, it feels appropriate to have some story time today. Thus my shirt. Um, We are going to have two kinds of stories today, guys. So if you've ever heard, some stories are fiction, which means they're pretend. They came with somebody's mind. And some books are nonfiction. And it means they really, really happened. And so today, we're going to hear one story that's pretend and one story that's real. So first, I would love to see the toys you brought with you. Kids, if you can hold up high so everybody can look around and see the toys you brought with you. Ooh, I see a snake. I see, I don't know what you have, Annabelle. Oh, Lucy's got a stuffed animal too. I brought... One of my favorite toys. It's a stuffed animal. I see Maeve's book back there. Oh, Ephraim's got books. Love it, guys. Okay, so think about this toy. Oh, let me see, Annabelle. It's cool. I love it. LOL doll. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) So now, I love stuffed animals. I love books. Now, today, our first story that's fiction is going to be a book that I want to read you guys from Mo Willems, and it's about a girl and her favorite toy, okay? So, Mo Willems, for anybody who's not a parent, is an author, fabulous author. Uh, It was really fun because during the pandemic, during quarantine, he did doodles. So, at lunchtime, you could hop online, and he would teach you how to draw the characters from his books. Now, he first was known for pigeon books, and if you want to flip to the next slide with all the different Mo Willems books, he used to be a writer for Sesame Street, and now he both writes and illustrates all these different book series. So today, I want to talk about Knuffle Bunny. Now, there are, or Knuffle Bunny, there are, are, there are arguments about how to pronounce this, the name, and that's, that's part of book two. So there's three books in the series. And we've got Trixie, and she starts off as a little baby, and she finds that the bunny is her favorite. It's her favorite animal, favorite toy. She's in her neighborhood, and she loses him. Chaos ensues. Book number two, Trixie goes to preschool, and she has a little mix-up with her bunny and someone else's bunny. Tragedy, right? Now, book number three. So we're going to read this today. And I have a stool because... You have to sit for story time, right? So here's Trixie. She has grown up a little bit more, and she is going to head out on a trip. Now, the fun thing about this particular book is it combines real photos taken by Mo and his friends. So the black and white are real photos, and he's put illustrations on top. So here we have, one day, not so long ago, Trixie took a big trip with her family. They were on their way to visit Oma and Opa, that was Trixie's grandparents in Holland, 
Holland is far away. So that meant taking a taxi to the airport, waiting in line, and then watching as Knuffle Bunny went through the big machine. He had to go through the check. And then they had to wait some more and finally getting on the airplane. Anybody been on an airplane? Kids? <gasps> and adults. All right. It's, it's, it's a tricky trip. On the plane, Trixie played. Look, she's got her bunny with her. And read. Got some books. Good books. And slept. Naps are fun. Okay, before she knew it, the plane had landed. And Trixie and her family left the airport and got on a train to go to Oma and Opa's house. That's her grandma and grandpa. Who has grandma and grandpas they like to visit? Yep, me too. I've loved Oma and Opa. We're so happy to see Trixie. Soon, Oma and Trixie were drinking cold glasses of chocolate milk. Nice. They were in the garden, and suddenly, Trixie realized something. What did she realize? Trixie didn't have to tell her daddy that Nuffle Bunny was gone. Her daddy knew. Uh Uh-oh. What did she do? She left him on the plane. Trixie's daddy called the airline and asked them to look for Knuffle Bunny on the plane. But the plane had left for China. China is very far away. So Trixie's mommy hugged her and asked her to be brave. And Trixie's daddy told the story of when he was a little boy and he had to say goodbye to his lammy. Oma gave Trixie another glass of chocolate milk. And she remarked how big she was getting. Trixie understood she was getting bigger, even if she didn't want to be. So the next morning, they went out. They got to see all these places in Holland. But they were playing on the swings, and they went to a festival. But she was still sad. While the whole week was filled with fun, like eating French fries on the street or visiting windmills and feeding ducks. Trixie, she was still sad. She missed her knuffle bunny. Oma and Opa understood, and they had a plan. (gasps) What did they get her? They got her a new toy. It's called a funny one bunny doll. Extreme. Does it look extreme? What do you think? Now, it could walk. It could speak Dutch. Ik kan sprechen. That's what it says, I think. And then it can dance but it didn't make Trixie feel any better. Trixie was sure that she wouldn't be able to sleep one more night without her knuffle bunny. But before she knew it, she was dreaming. And look, she dreamed of all the places that knuffle bunny would go and all the children that he would meet and all the kids who would be happy. He would make kids happy in all these different countries. And so the next morning, she felt better. She knew Knuffle Bunny was going to cheer some kids up, right? So she had a big breakfast. She played on the swings, and she even had a sip of Opa's coffee. It was a great day. Before she knew it, the trip was over. It was time to leave and go back home. She hugged Oma and Opa as hard as she could, and then they got back on a train and back on a plane. And suddenly... Let me see. I missed some words. And back on the plane and listened to a crying baby. 
But could you believe it? Right on that very plane, Trixie noticed something. What did she find? Nuffle buddy. Look, he was right there, still in the plane. Trixie was so happy to have her bunny back. Happy enough to make a decision. Trixie turned around to the little baby and to the mom and said, Would your baby like my knuffle bunny? Really? asked the baby's mom. Really? asked Trixie's dad. Really? asked Trixie's mom. Waggle, waggle, asked the baby. Really? said Trixie. She knew she was big enough. The baby was happy. The baby's mother was happy. The whole plane was happy. And that is how, a few weeks later, Trixie received her very first letter. She's got a pen pal. Her knuffle bunny is telling her all his new adventures. Yay! So that's the end of our knuffle bunny book today. Now, today we're going to read from the Bible. And the Bible, we said, is a nonfiction book. These stories really happened to Jesus. And Jesus is going to meet a person who had trouble sharing, just like Trixie. She had, they missed things. They wanted to, wanted to have their favorite things with them. But first, we're going to read about when Jesus meets some kids, some kids just like you, your age. So let me read from the book of Luke, chapter 18 where Jesus hangs out with some kids, just like we're doing today. One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called the children to and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now we love all of our kids and our friends today. But kids back in that time. Well, everybody wanted to have kids. But they were ready for them to grow up. Kids were not as exciting to be around back then. They were like, okay. You guys, we're just going to keep you in line, teach you the rules, hurry and grow up. That's kind of how kids were treated back then. But the, so the disciples, they were like, well, it's just kids. Don't bother the teacher. Like, you're just don't be annoying. Just, just, just go away. But Jesus said that's not the right attitude. Jesus valued the kids just as they were, just as they were aged. And he showed that they were worthy members of God's kingdom. And he was protecting the vulnerable. Just like every time we read stories in Luke about Jesus, he's looking for the people who are overlooked. He's seeing people who are vulnerable and showing compassion and protection and care. Now, kids here, kids at home, hold up your fingers and let me see how old you are. Can you show me your age? How old are you? Can I see fingers? All right. So... Think about this. Once Jesus was the same age as you, and he was hanging out here with kids. Now, look around at all the adults here. Do you know that every adult here was once your age? 
Can you imagine all these big people as kids? Well, that's what we're supposed to do today. Jesus just said that all the adults are supposed to act like kids. Now, how are we supposed to do that? He probably has something specific in mind. So here's the first thing about kids is they trust. There is adults in their lives who are supposed to take care of them, and they trust that that's going to happen. And so sometimes we come around other people, and we help, and we try to be a trusting adults here at Echo Church for all of our Echo kids, whether we're related to them or not. Now, Jesus also said that we are supposed to receive God's kingdom like a kid. Well, kids, how many of you guys like to get presents? Who likes to have gifts? Adults, how many of you like gifts? Woohoo! All right. So Jesus is trying to say that God's kingdom, which is another word of saying God's salvation, Jesus' redemption, eternal life, God's grace, all of those things are wrapped up in that kingdom mindset. He's like, we're supposed to receive it like a gift. Well, that's good. Being thankful for it, being excited about it. I bet the toy you brought with you today, somebody probably gave it to you as a gift, didn't they? If anybody has been taught in class by Mr. Steve, he gave me this sloth. He knew I liked it. It was a gift, and I'm thankful for it. So I'm supposed to receive gifts from God like a kid. Be joyful, be thankful, and realize I didn't do anything to earn it. We just got it as a gift. And that's how we're being like kids. Let's keep going because Jesus meets another person. In Luke 18, verse 18. A certain ruler asked Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not murder. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All of these I've kept since I was a boy, said the ruler. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. When the man heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, Echo Kids, if you'd like, we're going to put a picture of a camel on the screen, and you can draw it while us adults start talking, okay? Sound good? Okay, adults. All right, the ruler here. If he's a ruler, he would have been someone who had power, probably political. He definitely would have been assumed to be wealthy because people with power had money back in this day. Sounds familiar. Indeed, This man's question assumes that he can do something. Like, I've done all the things, I've obeyed, what else can I do to get eternal life? Like, checking off my list. I can do things. Tell me what to do. He didn't realize what we were just talking about, that eternal life was a gift. That was no way to earn it. You're just supposed to get it like a gift, like a child, be thankful. But Jesus was inviting this man into discipleship. He said, follow me. That was the true answer. That's how he would get eternal life, following Jesus. Now, Jesus called all his disciples 
And he challenged them with things. He did ask them to do things as a response of being a dedicated follower of Jesus, as someone who wanted to take the next step. Now, he didn't ask every disciple to sell all their things. Some people he asked to leave their homes and follow him. Some he said, go share this message. For this guy, he knew what was on his heart. And so he says, how about your possessions? He knew what this guy was clinging to. This man was holding on to things so tightly, he didn't have his hands open to receive that gift. Jesus was saying, let go of this so I can give you something better. Historically, people saw wealth as a sign of favor. It's like, oh, God's blessed you because you have money. Some people mistakenly think that is still today. But Jesus was trying to show a different perspective. He's like, that's not true. Actually, wealth can be a hardship. It can be a burden because there's something there that you turn to and you're tempted to turn to quicker. If you can buy anything you want, it's hard to stop and remember that you're trusting God, that God is the one providing for you, right? It's just tricky. It's as tricky as a camel going through the eye of a needle. It's like, it's not impossible, but it's, it's hard. So let's sit in this story for a moment. Why do we think the ruler might have struggled here? Maybe he just didn't want to share with people. But the fact that it says he was keeping the commandments on, like, honoring other people, like he wasn't stealing, uh, you know, he was not giving false testimony, like, that's honoring other people. He seems like maybe, maybe he's a caring person. Maybe it's not all about sharing. Maybe he's clinging to his possessions because that meant his status, right? His wealth equaled his influence in society, where he stood. He liked people to see him good. Or he might have had power to, to make some change. But he was just holding. Now, it could also have been a little bit of fear. Because if he lets go of his stuff, then how will he provide for himself later? Or for his family? There was a big question mark there. It would have been the unknown. And stepping into the unknown is hard. I mean, we can relate. It's hard to know what's going to come tomorrow. We want to have a safety net, right? And not saying like it's bad to save. Saving is good. But if we're holding on to it and that's our only sense of security, or if we're not recognizing that we've made a cushion and we've made a cushion and we've made a cushion... And saving for a rainy day is now all of ours when, when there's some needs that we could help share. So Jesus wants us to just trust, to say, God's given you the things. What are you going to do with the things? This man was holding it like it was his. And Jesus was like, hey, it's all God's stuff. Why don't you just let it go? Share with the poor and we'll see how God will provide for you. There was this trust aspect, this trust like a child, right? just like the children Jesus had been talking about. He wanted this rich ruler to have that childlike trust again. So let's read how everyone else reacted to Jesus' statement here, because other people were listening in on the conversation. Verse 26, those who heard this asked, well, who then can be saved? They're like, if this wealthy guy with high status and power in their society, if he can't be saved, then what? Jesus replied, 
what is impossible for people is possible for God. It wasn't impossible for this man to be saved. He just needed to trust in God. Peter said to Jesus, we've left all that we had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said, no one who's left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. Well, that's a question that maybe all of us are thinking about. Who can be saved? If this guy didn't have it, Jesus said it was about God, not about us. And Peter had made sacrifices in his life. And he was like, wait, we're doing what the rich guy couldn't do. And Jesus was like, yes, I see your sacrifice. You are seen and known. Your generosity, you're going to be provided for now and in eternity. So how do we respond to all of this? Well, every time we read the Bible... We read and then we ask, what does this mean for us? And it might be different today than it was last week. Maybe you're sensing something from God's spirit that's tugging on your heart today a little differently. A few things that I see today is number one, how can we respond? We can care for the poor, just like Jesus told the rich ruler. We as church leaders, we try to steward the gifts well. Anything given here We try to use it, and we try to make sure that we are noticing needs in our community and globally. And we showed a chart last week of where the funds go, and we prayerfully try to consider that. We as individual Christians in our households, we have to decide how we can be generous to those who are in need. Number two, let's check how tightly we're holding to things. Most of us could probably note that somewhere in our lives, God's given us enough and a little more. Yet a hidden voice is always back there saying like, but what if I need this tomorrow? Right? That's always going to be there. I mean, that happens to me. I struggle with that. It's hard to be like, but I'm just going to, just, just like saving and holding. Just know it's there. It feels nice and safe. God just wants to be our safety net too. Again, we're not saying you, you have to live moment by moment, paycheck to paycheck, because it's okay to save, but just notice when there's a need, you can be generous. Sometimes we give out of our excess. Sometimes we give and we've sacrificed to do it. The last thing is, is that we're trusting in God to be the one that provides. It's all about our attitude of our, of our heart, not neglecting those in need. So I feel like if we were all honest, there's something in our lives. Maybe, maybe you have a little extra this month of food, of resources. Maybe you have a little extra knowledge that you can share with someone. Maybe you have energy and time to volunteer to see what your extra is. And also you might feel called that you're going to give something up for a little bit in order to give to others. This is a great calling because see, it's all God providing, right? He provides for, through us to other people and he provides for us through other people. Like, I feel like God's always loving to provide 
through human beings. Just as Jesus told Peter, God is going to notice and he's going to take care of our needs. In Psalm 103, God is described as this. He's a father who has compassion on his children. Just as a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Okay, kids, adults, we've got one final challenge. Okay, hold up your toy again that you brought. Think about what did Trixie do in, her, in this book? She was willing to give it away. How hard would that be if you had this toy to give away? That'd be hard to do, wouldn't it? And I have to tell you, honestly, it's hard for adults too. Here's a secret. Just when you, because you grow up, it doesn't mean it's not hard to do a good thing. It's still hard for adults to do the right thing. So while I picked out a kid's book to read today, because Jesus hung out with children, that book is actually what the rich ruler needed to learn to do. We thought Trixie was acting very grown up when she gave away her bunny. But she was still a kid. Maybe she was just acting very kid-like. And maybe the rich ruler would do a good job if he learned to act like kids who give away things. Maybe, just maybe, we can learn from the way kids give and the way kids receive. We're supposed to receive the kingdom like a kid. And I think we know some pretty generous kids too. So on this journey, every week, we adults ask ourselves, how do we live as the redeemed people of Jesus? Be a kid and be ready to receive and to give. It's all God's. God gives and he asks us to give back. So here's our challenge for everybody this week. Giving and caring for others and noticing others' needs is pretty fun to do in a group. So I want to challenge families in your households or if you're in a small group here at Echo or if you just want to get together with some of your favorite friends, I'd like you to brainstorm of something you can do as a group, everybody participating, to give to someone else this week. You can make a plan this week. You might enact it this summer. So maybe you can take a meal or a dessert to a neighbor. Maybe you can make an encouragement card for your friend before school ends. Maybe you go through your house and you choose some things that you would like to donate to some kids who don't have as much as you. Maybe you want to give up your free time and you can help your neighbor rake their leaves. Or you can help Miss Alicia put away the communion cups this afternoon. There's a lot of different ways that we can give back and care for other people. And if you need ideas, come see Dylan or Shante or me. We know people in our community who need volunteer hours. We've got all the addresses for all of our missionaries we can send cards to. We know people here in our church who could use a hand. So trust that Jesus will do amazing things with anything that we give in his honor to help others. So let's be a kid. Let's be really excited to read and to share, to receive gifts, and to give them away. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much that you love all of us, the tall and the small, the young and the old, that we're all part of your kingdom. And we can learn from each other. 
Help us to grow up, to grow more like you, but also not to forget to trust you and love you and receive your good gifts. And to notice when other people could use a gift too. Thank you for giving us the gift of your love, of your grace, of your eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.